See It or Screw It is a spoiler-heavy show. If that's an issue for you, then you can currently watch Babylon on Prime and Paramount Plus. Might yes. be on something else. MGM Plus? I think so. Uh, if that's not an issue and for Amazon. you... And Amazon. Well, it's not Prime. Prime. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. I, mm-hmm. I don't use... Uh, Papa Bezos' title. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but if that's not an issue for you, then on with the show. Welcome to Cedar Screw It. My name's TJ Davis. He, him pronouns alongside. I'm Emily Schick, and my pronouns are she and her. Uh, I'm Dan Murphy. My pronouns are he and him. I am Porak, he, him. And on this episode, we are doing, oh, man, it, like, Porak, you're right. It really should be a who the fuck was this made for, but... <laughs> Instead, this is Dan's personal pick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, so. this piece of trash art that this. No, that, I mean uh, this is amazing. Damien, well, I mean, in... Damien Chazelle will never get this much money for a movie ever again. I, I think it was money it well wasted. You know, I, I, I think oh. he'll get this budget again, but he won't have the creative freedom to do to do what he wants with it. Like I feel like like he's going to have to make two or three small budget movies before he works his way back up to get getting a budget like this again. Um, and definitely small budget movies. Yes. I mean, like a yes. big thing is like it's like an eighty million dollar movie, but with like promotional budget factored in, it was like one hundred and sixty, and yeah. had to be had to hit like. 250 to be considered profitable yeah this needed to be like 250 to break like even. 61 million worldwide yeah yeah no <laughs> this this movie a bomb pretty hard and i mean largely i do think that they overspent on the promotional budget um pretty heavily but i mean also oh i think a big part of this was this was him cashing his blank check from uh la la land and uh oh, most deaf. Like... so those were financial successes those movies first first man was that successful i think that first man just barely i think first man kind of broke even and i feel like a lot of like a lot of the whiplash and uh, whiplash and la la land were you know like la la land was a mega hit like la la land was a huge hit um first man i feel like like they thought i feel like studios kind of thought maybe not necessarily correctly that a lot of that like that the conservative pushback against it kind of hampered it but it was a break-even movie uh slightly lower than but slightly below break-even but uh it's but, nice box office disappointment on wikipedia but i don't know yeah yeah no i mean i'm looking That's at yeah it's, it says it, it's, yeah it says it cost uh like it's i'm getting conflicting budget numbers of of 60 or 70 million but but it did a like 105.7 million box office. So that's definitely a disappointment. But like, I still, I do think that they kind of viewed it as like, I, there were a lot of like haters because of like, like there was that huge controversy of not showing him planting the flag on the moon. That was like, I made the right freak out weird. Mm. It was very weird because it's just like, but that's not what the movie's about. Like, like it's you know i mean like no it's about america damn it america yeah no i mean well you know that's that's the thing is is like i don't know well movies about that are like you know a huge amount of their market is like dad type dudes you know right right yeah i mean not not necessarily conservative yeah but yeah it got it got like a bunch of negative press on all the fox networks and things like that so that kind of they felt hurt it I mean, mm. ultimately, I think it was just sort of like this was probably like this was probably greenlit, 
because I mean, he says he started working on it before La La Land. Um, hmm. So this is probably greenlit um, in the wake of La La Land and First Man was probably in post. So they hadn't seen the box office numbers on it yet. Um, that would make sense. But yeah, they only had to postpone like a little while uh, for COVID. Yeah. Uh, and they, I were mean, gonna, they were going to do it in 2020 well, and they did it in 2021. Yeah, they I mean, lost out in like 13 million of um, fucking tax backing from the state because they had to push past like the 180 day st- start of filming date that was promised. So, oh, really? Oh, like okay. they lost well, a lot so of money burned on that off of COVID for this movie. <laughs> well, not as much as I mean, Indiana Jones and Mission Impossible are the two movies that definitely had their budgets probably like. Probably, their budget probably <laughs> like probably came pretty close to double for COVID, and like everyone's like, oh, they, these movies cost too much, and it's like, well, they cost that much because of what the COVID protocols and stuff was. Like these, those were like the first movies to go back into production when, mm. after they like set agreements over COVID with the unions. So like oh, those especially movies on had like sets crazy... like those that are yeah. like hundreds no i mean like that was like like you know i mean like like when when covid regulations ended it was like testing once a week that was probably like testing multiple times a day like that was like insane amounts of testing um in addition to all the ppe and all that other stuff that like by the end of covid it was like fuck this but like like when covid started it was just like we are going to freak the fuck out about this all the time well plus with mission impossible at least didn't um yeah, Mission Impossible, Did, I think. And uh, fucking, uh, the fucking, why am I blanking on his name? Tom what? Cruise's like right hand man test positive. Yeah, I feel like so Tom Cruise had to be stopped for like. Yeah, I feel like Tom Cruise's assistant tested positive. Like one of his assistants tested positive and they shut down filming for like six weeks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened on Mission Impossible. So um, like that's going to add a lot of money. Yeah, that's going to add a lot of money. <laughs> But hey, um, but, we're yeah. not talking about Mission Impossible or Tom Cruise this week. But we are talking about a lot of really rad actors. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this because it's Dan's personal pick. So uh yeah. Dan, you, you wanna you wanna take it over? Oh yeah, we'll read the Wikipedia summary, which based on its length is like definitely inadequate because this movie is bloated as fuck. <laughs> and, um, a lot of the stuff happening is not plot stuff in this movie. And, <laughs> well, I mean, and, and honestly, is... it's mostly my favorite stuff. I don't think <laughs> I mean, the that's, plot that's is very is, good. Basically, every scene is just like way too long. Um, like it's mm-hmm. it's it's thirty two hours until you hit the title card in this movie. So uh, thirty two minutes until you hit the title card in this movie. Which uh, I mean, um, a- um, actually, Dan, I looked at it exactly. It is thirty one minutes and fifty six seconds. <laughs> when I you mean, it's still car. not drive my yeah. car, but like <laughs> this is this is like a long time before. I love a late title yeah. card. That's my favorite. Yeah, but you also well, know exactly what movie well, this well, is well, less Porig, than three s- minutes into it yeah Porig, so. have you seen drive my car no not yet but i will okay, because drive my car i think the title card is about an hour into the film awesome <laughs> i will literally cream my jeans <laughs> it's like how long it's like tantric sex how long yeah, can it's you like, hold like, back why the title card bother to include the title card well at that but it's like film. is it does it you know but then it's all about the context of it like does it hit like whoa drive my yeah it is like very distinctly this is a prologue followed by the rest of the film and that's what happens in babylon as well is like theoretically 
the whole like first half hour of this is a prologue but yeah. like like it's also like you don't I think it's it a fine I think it's a fine place to have it because it's like they don't go I back just don't there. Think you they don't go back that there. Long. Yeah. I just you know? don't think so you it's need kind a of half like half hour of like that much setup. Like basically it's just like no, no I, I enjoyed it. it. I it didn't need to be that long. I it agree with you, Dan. Like, so much of this doesn't need to be that long. It's just uh, it's like David Giselle doesn't want to cut shit. <laughs> I was gonna say, honestly, like much like the other places in the film that I would cut things to make this an even remotely reasonable length to see in a theater, uh, a lot of it is like, you know, it's like, okay, fine, do some of the bunker shit. But like the bunker shit does not need to last as long as it does. Like it's like, okay, we get it. It's like a crazy debaucherous party. Like, we don't need like fucking half an hour of footage on it. Yeah, like, we well, got what about it. what about all the historical references that we sneak in there don't actually talk about? Like Fatty Arbuckle murdering yeah. a kid. Yeah, I mean it's there's just so like, much crazy visuals so that happening. Like, that, that, that's Sorry, it's like, fascinating. That, that, like that character never comes back. Like why? Yeah, why? why spend so much time on him? <laughs> and I mean, like there is that like like there's uh I don't know. I mean, it seems like because like, this isn't Hollywood land. Giselle like, has like a weird as like his weird fetishes are on full display and it, it seems like he definitely has somewhat of a scat fetish so like it's not really scat so much as like this. water like water, water play, sports but like yeah. yeah water sports yeah that's what i was looking for a uh, bit of both yeah yeah anyway let's we wee play yeah let's get into <laughs> this um in 1926, Bel Air, Los Angeles, Mexican immigrant Manuel Manny Torres helps transport an elephant to a debauched bacchanal. bacchanal. Right? Yeah, deba- I'm just saying debauched bacchanal is just a weird phrase. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. Uh, I mean, a bacchanal should be debauched to begin with. <laughs> yeah, it uh, seems redundant. In my personal flavor, but hey. <laughs> yeah, rife with sex, jazz, and cocaine. <laughs> and holy shit, the pile of cocaine. And lots of opiates, too. Yeah. yeah, I love how he takes takes uh, Margot Robbie into a room and he's like, like what drugs do you want? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, it, it's just like so much Hollywood cocaine, just so much Hollywood cocaine. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it's like, yeah, that that sounds like a fun party. They've got a Scarface table, you know, like. Yep. <laughs> just once, I want to be at a party with a Scarface table. Damn it! <sighs> Wouldn't it be nice? I hate that I always go for that. Um, uh, at at Kinescope. I yeah, right with, with sex, jazz, and cocaine at Kinescope Studios but, because but for I whatever reason, I want... Paramount didn't want them to use Paramount. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted to specifically say, like, it's very clearly Paramount. It yeah. is a Paramount film, and when you see the archways with Kinescope at the end, it's very clearly the Paramount archway. Like, yep. it is... It is paramount folks you know well, i mean I it's think just it's interesting because mgm well, is though. very specifically mgm and that they call it kinescope instead of yeah <laughs> um, um, I, I don't think they're really gonna worry too much about such an insanely old and inside baseball thing i'm sure they were just like just make it not the same name and do whatever the <laughs> fuck you want like why why would they care but like you know it's so far removed from like, I mean, ultimately, I just feel actually like... being scandalous. Like, I, ultimately, ultimately, I, feel like, 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 
it doesn't have that much negative to say about the studio itself. Yeah, it's so, like, oh, big yeah. surprise. All oh, the yeah. actors got very fucked up at parties and did really yeah. stupid shit. What? Wow, because <laughs> that doesn't still happen today at all. Yeah, no. Well, you hey, know, I'm sure it's not like this, it but sometimes. yeah, they do it. Well, I mean, definitely as, doing as the it. movie touches on, they did kind of try to sweep it under the rug between like the 30s and the 60s. Um, yeah. Like, and, well, the so, Hayes Code. Yeah, the Hayes Code tried to like tried to cover it up. Um, by the fifties, the wheels were really coming off, but they did kind of keep it under wraps for about twenty years. Um, like at least pretend that nothing bad was going on. Um, mm-hmm. like most of the time, it was like people slowly drinking themselves to death or o- ODing and like them claiming they died of something else. Yeah, um, the classy <laughs> way of doing. Things. Yeah. <laughs> um. Or like George Reeves, but you know we'll we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. I want mm. I have a thing I want to say when we get to that. But um, so yeah, debauch, bacchanal, rife with sex, jazz, and cocaine at Kinescope Studios executive Don Wallach's mansion. Uh, uh, Manny Don quickly... Wallach is somebody. Like th- this movie is so full of somebody's except for Manny. Yeah, no, Manny is the only one who's not really specifically Jeff Garland based on from Jeff Garland. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Manny quickly becomes smitten with Nellie Leroy, a brash, ambitious, self-declared star from New Jersey. Upon meeting, Manny reveals his wish to be a part of something bigger. While the elephant walks through distracting partygoers, Manny helps carry away young actress Jane Thornton, oh wow, she has a name, who overdosed on drugs with Orolagnia. Or Actor Irville Pickwick, choosing some interesting words. Uh, well, that's is that someone who's into pee 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 play? I assume so. Yep. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, and there's yep. a wonderful picture on Wikipedia. I mean, is like, is he? Yeah, is, it's is actually... he specifically noted as an actor. I felt like he was a producer, but like because he's supposed to be Fatty Arbuckle, which who I guess was an actor and a producer at the time. So yeah, yeah. he was massively known as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, now he's better known as producer mainly because his films are kind of, were both pushed to the side and haven't right. really held up in popularity. So yeah. um, at the time, though, he was. Yeah. He was known... Sorry, I wasn't reading along and I miss Eurolanginic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's like this is a character that like is exists for this scene and is played as fairly important. And it's just like a total like. I mean, I guess it establishes Manny as like a fixer, but like a, a lot of people die brutally in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I mean, I've seen commentary about how this movie has a very like dismissive attitude toward death, which I kind of get that, but mm-hmm. like I don't know if that how intentional that was. I don't know <laughs> so. that it's the movie trying to be dismissive so much as it's saying that the, yeah. the industry at that time was dismissive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Well, that I, sucks. Think they, I think Keep he moving. goes to pains I think he goes to pains to show like how uh roughshod and you know fucked up everything they're doing. Like what you see in the sets kind of shows you how worthless the humanity is like especially yeah. like the guy in the fucking camera box you know dying yeah well, no, well it, it's it, just i think i don't think it's making light of it at all really no, no i'm, I'm just like, saying well, it's no, very keeping, interesting keeping that... on the first one honestly like keeping on the first one for a second um 
where's our tits girl for tomorrow? That's our tits girl for tomorrow. What do you mean that's our tits girl for tomorrow? We need a new tits girl for tomorrow. Right. And then, like, you know, walking out on the balcony and she's found because she's dancing on a bar to go dance on a bar. Well, where are the tits? Like, right. <laughs> Well, it, I mean is, that's the thing is, is anyone anyone dismissive. who dies anyone who dies on screen is played as a joke. Everyone who dies anyone who isn't who dies as that isn't meant as a joke dies off screen. Um I think like, there's only one of those two. Which no, no, yeah, no. you're right. That one's not a joke. No, George, Jack, Nellie, and uh Eleanor all die off screen. And none oh, of them okay. are really played as jokes. So um but like like everyone who dies on screen is played as a joke. Jack is pretty close to on screen, but you're right. That's not He's, it's technically joke. off screen. Mm-hmm. Um and uh anyway, uh so also attending our Chinese American lesbian cabaret singer Lady Fei Zhu. Is she specifically a lesbian? I think she's a little more bi. I mean leaning lesbian, but like she's played somewhat bi. Yeah, um, four on the Kinsey yeah. scale. I think she's mostly into men because of the job, and yeah, yeah. and when is she shown being like into dudes at all? Um, I think I thought she's there. There are points in which it, she's imply like it might be a beard situation, but I thought there was a situation where it's implied that she has like a boyfriend or something at one point. But maybe I, uh, I she was dating that. George for well. She's fit, yeah, mind. she like yeah. I mean, like I, like she kind of like like you know at Jack's behest, like like does stuff with George, but like that's kind that might be the closest that we get. But yeah, um, and African American jazz trumpeter Sidney Palmer, um, the flamboyant dancing Nelly is spotted and swiftly recruited to replace Jane in a kinescope film. During filming, she crudely upstages Constance Moore. Manny meets and befriends Jack Conrad, a benevolent but troubled, oft-married film star, and drives the drunk and Jack home. Jack right helps Manny. Jack helps Manny secure assistant jobs at Kinescope, like finding Otto von Strasberger a new camera to film Jack in an outdoor slope. Oh no! You all just froze on me. About me, I... yeah. TJ has died of dysentery. Yeah. Uh, you you all just froze on me, so uh, seem like you're back now. Yeah. I am back now. Uh, yeah, that can just be a bit. I can cut out. Um, yeah. hopefully, no, that... because I said Dan... you died of dysentery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just finished Dan... the paragraph. Yeah, you, you finished the paragraph. Well, I didn't get any of that because it's recording yeah. my computer. So, um, that's fine. Okay. I'll I mean, oh, I I I was gonna say. Um, like, I mean, this paragraph uh, this, covers. This is like, not fir- doing justice. No, to no, like I said, how this, great this, this is. No, this, like, no, this, this summary is too short. I mean, like, yeah. basically, we're through the first hour of the film, um, yeah. and we've read two paragraphs. Um, uh, things like I just, I felt I was so invested in this fucking getting the camera thing. You know, the the slow well, I mean, sloth like guy a, who is like, like oh, there's six forms. Sequence is horrendous like it is so poorly paced so you know showing how much insanity would happen in such a tiny portion of time and like that you know maybe the fact that it was it was used as a joke it's a joke 
I know, but like you can use a clock. You can use something that shows the passage of time instead of just telling us with a title. Like, I don't know. I, I, I always feel like title cards are lazy and especially in this film when they're used so inconsistently, they're a problem. So so what do you have other than the times of the years? Um, I mean, it's basically locations. the time. Like, it, but yeah, I, I also hope that this has been recording because it, it crapped out a second time, damn it. Yeah. So if you audience are getting like pauses in time, that's why. Yeah. Um, is there a way that we're trying to make sure this is recording? Um oh it it's it shows recording, recording but... to me and then a little like doesn't reto- like... comes up sometimes and then not some other times. Yeah, I don't know. I don't pay enough attention to the things. Um yeah. Sometimes you gotta man. man. Yeah. Um Anyway, so, but yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing is like, I, this is an hour of the movie because the first half hour is the party and the second half hour is Nellie and Manny's first day on set, um, which is just total chaos the whole time, the whole way through. And it's just like, there there are some fun moments for me, like, you know, uh, Jack prophesizing the future of, you know, Oscar, frankly, my dear, I think and, you're a cunt. Yeah, frankly, my dear, <laughs> I think you're a cunt. I, I, yeah, I think are like kind of hilarious. Uh, um, the shot that they go for is genuinely beautiful. Oh uh, no, they're and, like that's know, the thing is like oh they get the, that perfect golden hour in it. Like all the, just the, the sun in the background in this are yeah. insane. Like the just amount of like extra choreography and like moving the camera around, like they're insane. But they also gave the editor like next to nothing to work with, so you're just mm-hmm. stuck with these shots that are like a little too long and don't mm-hmm. really accomplish or say anything. Um, and but we also get the body number the two. We we get body number two during this uh, this scene as well. The, the person who uh, fell on a flag yep. on his back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I love how stupid they are. I love that, like, <laughs> he, he tries, they, they just chase after him in the background that one time where uh, he's trying to break up the strike or whatever. <laughs> and it's just such a good gag, like, to have, like, 500 dudes chasing after the one producer. Like, I, I, I you know, I, Chazelle has an eye for comedy, I think, you know, like, I think there's a lot of good. I think there is timing in these sequences. Like I laughed a lot. Like you say, the Brad Pitt lines are funny. You know, there's, I, I don't know. I think when he, this movie goes off the rails, when it's trying to actually do it's more straightforward story stuff, that's when it's like, really. well, I mean, I think that, the, well, I think one of the problems though, is throughout this sequence and throughout the film really is, is it's very uncertain of whose, whose point of view is anything told from? I mean, like, usually when Manny's around, it's from Manny's perspective, which is grounding, um, but at, uh, but, you know, oh, during this sequence, it's just like, I, it's constantly flipping between mostly Manny, Jack, and Nelly, and, like, they're just, like, they're not... Yeah, they're not really well. Sydney doesn't Palmer. really come into the he's, into he's play definitely, until later. Yeah, in the party. Like, he has he has two little scenes, but like, and it's a similar situation with with Faye that they like like occasionally it's from her point of view, but like mm. not really. Um, and the Gossam call like Eleanor is always around, and like I, I it's it's just like it's never really certain whose point of view, and it's not like they have like similarities between their point of views. So it's mm-hmm. like kind of all over the place because it's just like like you know 
oh, Jack's generally just getting more drunk and more kind of belligerent, whereas like like Manny is just manic en- energy, and like Nellie's kind of manic energy. In in this point, she's just kind of really trying to. This is more her ambition of trying to prove herself, which I mean, Manny is too to an extent. But like, there's like. Oh, and then you have the director's point of view throughout all of this. And he's just screaming about like, like, you know, his ridiculous, like reckless breaking of cameras. Like, yeah, he broke 19 <laughs> cameras or something. Yeah. No, no, yeah. he broke 10. Not, he should have yeah. gotten 20. Yeah. Right. Like that, that is a line he utters in this. I should have yeah. gotten 20. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, all the random extras just like, like, and they're all like crackheads just like running around. <laughs> yeah. And the I just love like the shooting so nurses. many, so many scenes simultaneously right next to each other. Right. It's well, like, I mean, it's the silent era where yeah. or it's like you didn't need to have to worry about sound overlapping. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess we're through the first hour. Um, Nelly the quickly, most fun hour. Yeah. Nelly quickly becomes oh, and no, you're wrong. Girl. There, there's like 20 minutes in there that I fucking love because they're weird as shit. But we'll oh get no, there. I mean we still we still have the snake <laughs> fight and we have the underground sex dungeon to get to. So <laughs> that's why the second hour is my second. I love thing. I love it's plenty of good stuff there too. <laughs> yep, I sat through this film. I have a feeling I know where Emily's first. <laughs> Loved, yeah. loved, loved Toby Maguire's sex dungeon, and I, I won't mean, hear a goddamn thing about against it. Just, just Toby Maguire in this no, is like so creepy and gross. Yeah, Emily, agreed. Well, he's he's creepy and gross, but in a way that like I still kind of want to hang out with him. Like, I, it's just like this guy is fucking bonkers, and like I want to hear more of his weird ranting because it's kind of interesting. As long as I don't know him, horrible, t- yeah. horrible film ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which just get progressively more. I love, I like, love how. It... Um, like, no, because some of his ideas off. are like some of the weirder ones that actually exist. Because <laughs> one of the ones he talks about is Orphan, and I don't know why this movie references <laughs> Orphan, because it's always like a little bit but slightly altered, and like his final one is essentially like Conan, but. Mm you know, long before a Conan movie existed. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Toby Maguire has some serious th- something going on here because it's like, oh, I'm going to powder my face with this really white powder and then we can skip off as they go through it it's like i think that i love this tone shift i think it actually works really well it's kind of like a little mini horror movie in the rest of this movie and it kind of rules i I will say like honestly um uh fyi we were wrong about the battery i i'm at like 15 percent right now oh Um, shit i better hook you up uh well anyway um yeah, I think that this movie, I think my biggest problem with this movie is it feels like it's kind of two movies. Like, yep. it feels like mm-hmm. it's trying to be a serious drama and then it's got all this bonkers shit that's just, like, cut in. And, like, I think that the combination of the two could work, but they lean too much into the crazy, maybe. Like, I, it, it like, 
they lean so hard into the crazy that it like takes me out of the movie and reminds me that I'm watching a film, not like I'm no like I'm I'm just pulled away from like being invested in the the story of the characters. Well, I mean, like, I, yeah, I I get it. It's like it's weird, but yeah, I don't know. It's just I I, well, feel like I, I, I like think there's it's it's even it. more than just two films. I feel like there's arguably six films in here that. Okay. kind of overlap but At like least I, I i think that jack nelly manny faye sydney and eleanor all kind of have their own stories going on that don't intersect in any real way and they're totally all over the place and like really inconsistent and like a, I, a six episode series from each of their perspectives yep, so I, there would be like you know a, you know cognitive shift between different episodes of how they perceive different things yeah like, no i mean like i i always thought that like you could break this up into maybe five different stories with like eleanor as a framing device and we're and use her as like an unreliable narrator to really kind of justify some of the really wild tonal shifts um yeah. especially if she's trying to appease an editor that's just like this needs to be more sensationalized this needs to be blah this you know so that like i kind of melds that i mean at the same time like you know certain stories overlap a little bit more than others like manny and nelly do overlap pretty significantly whereas like Sydney is just off in his own world and like yeah. why is he even in in this a lot of the time so but um but yeah they did a very bad job with the the Sydney character it feels like I mean he's um, not as bad as Cuba Gooding Jr. in Pearl Harbor but it's a similar <laughs> like why yeah. the fuck are, 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 are like your subplot it feels like it was tacked on to like increase diversity yeah very yeah much. and Faye feels that way to some extent too so I mean like which is a bummer but uh, which is a bummer like she does get some really cool scenes and I really like her character and I wish that her character I think that's why I probably say six because I would want to see her character expanded more yeah like, no I definitely I want to see more of like her story throughout the I years. wish they, they played up the, like, the Faye and, Nelly like, romance she's more. the last episode of the season and it's you know and that was the last time I ever saw him I don't know. I think I think you have to have Manny as kind of probably your last episode because he really is the one who kind of yeah. interacts the most with everyone. Um, but like I I always I think that I wish that they had played the Faye um uh Nelly romance a little bit more and made it more genuine because one of the things, especially like seeing this the second time, is just noticing like how much like Manny's infatuated with Nelly and it's unclear like how physical they ever get like they're yeah. like like they they make out at the end of the movie and it's just like is that as physical as they ever get because it kind of yes. might be yeah um, I think it, like I think she's it staying is. at his house for like a couple of days so like maybe there was more going on then but like most it. of the time it's like they interact for a couple hours and then she flakes <laughs> so yeah. um but but yeah, let's get back to the summary. Um, Nellie quickly becomes an it girl, covered by gossip columnist El Eleanor St. John, who also follows Jack's career. As sound film displaces silence in the late 1920s, Manny skillfully adapts to technical changes, eventually becoming a director. Uh, kinda. Uh, Nellie struggles really. to navigate sounds film uh, sound film's I... demands. In many ways at the time, that is that was sort of what the director did. 
Yeah, no, I mean, he is shown kind of being a director to Nellie when she joins Kinescope or when Manny joins Kinescope because she's always been signed to Kinescope this entire film. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, like he's more like he, you know, later on the film, he says he describes himself as a studio executive. Um, right. So, I mean, like that's kind of more his role. But I mean, it's also just like, again, it's like characters that like are introduced to like they seem like they're kind of important and then they kind of like forget about them like uh like the ruth adler character who's like directing um uh oh, yeah. nelly and all of them she just disappears and is never seen again and it's like yep. what happened like you play her up as a big character and it seems like i mean honestly it actually wasn't a big deal at the time that women were directing films because like it was seen looked down on so much as an art form and like the director the hadn't like like become issue. yeah yeah and you know i mean that's something they could have played up is yeah she kind of got pushed out by the haze code um in all likelihood um but they don't really establish what happened to her character and she's like in a lot of early scenes and then just disappears um mm -hmm. but yes yeah, so like nelly struggles to navigate the sound films demands one cameraman dies filming her and increases her drug use and reckless Death gambling tarnishing her reputation despite manny's assistance um but... I think that's death number three, right? What paragraph three? Uh, the the no, the, that is no, death, death number three. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're the doing cameraman. a death count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to keep a death count. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a lot um, of people die in this movie. It's three yeah. hours long, and like no, I, feel I mean like and... six people die in this movie. <laughs> well, I mean more no, than that. More than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, ton of people die in this movie, but um but yeah i mean like that's just like that whole sequence is like really i think the pinnacle of just the bad pacing of this movie because like like they play it as if it's just like this took forever to get the shot and it's just like like the pacing is so frenetic of that scene like seven takes doesn't feel that long um and like you know historically there are like you know films that have done like 40 takes or even like into the hundreds if you're dealing with like stanley kubrick yeah, um, yeah. but exactly <laughs> uh, where my mind went <laughs> yeah he did not treat most of his cast well on the shining uh, he didn't treat most of his female cast well on well the also also the uh who plays the caretaker like didn't you do like 200 oh, takes with him yeah <laughs> like, uh, like so he wasn't just sexist he was Scottman racist brothers yeah huh yeah. scatman brothers yeah oh yeah that is scat man ain't it mm -hmm. so um but yeah i mean it's just like i this scene th this like this movie doesn't really know how to slow down for most of it um which at times works when it's supposed to be crazy frenetic which is most of the scenes with nelly but like i don't know i feel like especially a lot of the scenes with uh jack kind of drag um and you know i mean again it's just like the way this is shot you just didn't give your editor a lot of coverage um and i don't know that it made sense to have this presented in a linear manner because like i don't know to follow each character individually and then you could cycle back to see the same scenes again i mean eventually we'll get to the party scene where you know like you have Jack, Sydney, and Nellie all have like significant things happen with them at the party, but like they don't tonally, they don't really overlap. So it's just like to have like, like, 
like you know jack goes to this party and like i you know sydney and nelly are there and he just leaves and then it's just like i i then you see it from like sydney's perspective and he's like getting uncomfortable and then nelly makes a scene so he leaves and then you see why nelly caused the scene and all that stuff so it's like they could have played it a little differently but um oh they also like poorly organized this because there's a scene not included where they find that manny and um nelly find themselves both being in new york at the same time oh no that's the next paragraph yeah that's the next paragraph like yeah it it doesn't even talk about any of that though why they were in new york and that well it talks about why nelly's in new york Uh, but yeah i mean like like manny is in new york because jack sent him there to see this new talking picture and see if it's a big deal and you know the wb theater (laughs) in new york city (laughs) yeah and of course it is because that scene's just ripped straight out of singing in the rain so (laughs) well this this movie is such a weird remake of singing in the rain it's like yeah i mean singing in the rain mixed with like dumb and dumber or like a gross out comedy (laughs) i mean basically i feel i feel like (laughs) I, I feel like Damien Chazelle saw the artist and he was like, that's just a ripoff of Singing in the Rain. I'll make my own ripoff of Singing in the Rain and make it more obvious. <laughs> With so... Blackjack and Hookers. This is I, way I was gonna say better than the artist. Dick. I'm sorry. I think Blackjack and Hookers is accurate. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Bender. So... I don't know. Like, like I how is this movie not MC-17? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, technically, I don't there's think like they a, show like, There's none Blackjack. of, there's nothing there's nothing about the fucking like racism stuff like that's in this movie or the fucking murders and the like the <laughs> shit that happened in all hollywood that's not in that's not in singing in the rain it's just about the fucking transition from silent you know yeah I but mean, it's that like was what if i made singing the in the camera. rain but and, by and, david fincher yeah yeah, oh, Which, yeah you know, that, that's fine why not I'm, thinking... I'm happy with that that's a good idea what if singing like, in the rain wrong? was a first person shooter and also yeah. you took a bunch of acid before playing it yeah I mean, I want to see like singing the rain. We happy few. <laughs> I want, I want like a hardcore Henry singing in the rain oh, or no. Easter parade, all, like all a musical. Through. Where I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, whoa, do, do it's all like, first person, so it's just janky as it's like, yeah. like and they're yeah, as you're tap dancing. First I'm the person. kind of guy who wants so to see the music see the man yeah. on 40x with like I don't know, fucking a drip of some psychological drugs at the same time, and just be like. Wah! And a speed racer on another screen. On the side. Yeah, I wouldn't somehow I'm not say surprised. No. <laughs> Nor would I. I think that sounds yeah. kind of fun, actually. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nelly, shown to have an institutionalized mother, eggs on her drunken father and inept business manager Robert to publicly fight a rattlesnake during a party. Wow, this is jumping all over the place. He passes right? out. Nelly this fights is why I snake. interrupted with that like <laughs> previous paragraph of like, yeah. no, they're both in New York. He's there to see a talkie. Yeah. The tone uh, in sp- both this. Specifically, specifically the jazz singer, but yeah. The snake and the vomiting later. I'm not kidding at all that it really just feels like you're watching like a 2000, 90s, 2000s gross out comedy. <laughs> like like old school. It's like, let's go out and fucking find a snake. Oh. Yeah. But oh, it's no. like, also, no. I'm not like, it doesn't seem that implausible that a bunch of psycho rich high people would go and do that. You know? No, it doesn't. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like, I, like, I love this sequence. But, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. great. It's uh, who's the guy who directed Mandy again? 
Oh, Panos Cosmatos. Yeah, like there are moments where it's like, are you sure? Like, other than the fil- lack of filters and stuff, it's like, are you sure it's not just this guy? Because like, this is weird. Well, you get filters at the very end of the movie. Yeah, God, you do. Love filters oh, at the end of the movie. God. <laughs> God. You mean that we'll, project? We'll, oh, get there. Oh, oh God. <laughs> where it turns into like an 18 year old's PowerPoint art study. Hey, someone, study. Saw, someone saw the end of 2001 and was like, hey, I can make that more of an acid trip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, except it feels more like the drugs are, you're coming down off the drugs and you're starting to get like sad and angry. Yeah, okay, that's what that makes list. me feel. Yeah. Um, what are the dumbest movies uh, in his? I, I, in I, sort of, I sort of made this back in high school. On like Final Cut, using like linear to nonlinear uh, to set to when worlds collide by Power Man Five Thousand, <laughs> using clips from like Mortal Kombat and and uh, and uh, Blade VHSs. I had some asshole to leave Dragon Ball the system. Z. Uh, I, know uh, I, I didn't have jo- the Dragon Ball Z then. I wish I had because I would have cut in so much of that. Oh, I'm you jump- totally would have. <laughs> I'm jumping the gun here, but okay, these are what. Damon Chazelle thinks are the last, like the seven last most important movies: Indiana Jones, Raiders, Tron. Okay. Yep, big win for TJ. The extended <laughs> bit of Tron in this stupid fucking sequence at the end of the movie. Oh. <laughs> e two, Jurassic Park, The Matrix, Avatar, Avatar. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, I don't well, know. It, it, well, he like, has Terminator we, we, we two get... in there too. Yeah. Well, Terminator get... two, obviously, that one's we... fair, but it... that is fair. <laughs> when we get to the Avatar end I, well i mean it's it's very weird yeah when we get to the end it's very weird how many of those shots are like fx shots considering this movie mm. like is mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. kind of light on its use of fx um like they're definitely there um if you know what you're looking for because i mean like you know everyone uses digital backgrounds these days mm-hmm. but like like this does use a lot of like practical extras and stuff like that so like you know it's interesting that he goes with so many fx heavy films at the end of the movie um as if like that's all that's been made in this time well um, i think he's trying to say like these are technological advancements like the one we're talking about in this movie Maybe I mean it's well, just yeah, like they're all it's seen the same that. thing they're all over big and over. And effect. Also, yeah. What 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 drugs did they give him so that he could see future movies? Because that sounds really yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you get like a little sense. tab of uh, <laughs> Timothy Leary's special as you're walking into the theater. You don't realize it, but it's on no. the tickets. So you they, they needed to. They needed to go a different direction with that. It's like it's too. Um, unseemly to have some of those movies in there it just feels wrong i don't know yeah i, know. I mean with the, with the already having the terminator reference earlier on i feel like that's appropriate but it's interesting that i don't believe there's a shot from gone on the gone with the nope. wind in there um which nope. i do feel like is a movie that really should be included if you're going to be I don't yeah know, like that pretentious iconic <laughs> moments yeah. in movies or whatever I yeah mean, wizard of oz i guess well they spent too much in the wizard of oz shot yeah, maybe because <laughs> that was like a full two seconds well so i mean they, they and it's also like, like i mean how many of like i'm trying to think of like what studios are they borrowing paramount. from because like yeah, yeah are all T2 the films that they paramount. show paramount because i don't think t2 i didn't no. think t2 was paramount um, matrix I, is... t2 is universal matrix is warner brothers uh yeah um, like raiders is paramount so like raiders you know. 
because everyone knows that know, all the man. Indiana, all the Indiana Jones movies until the more recent ones started with something fading from the Paramount. Yeah, world. from they're the yeah, Paramount. It's literally yeah. built in. But yeah, it is okay. literally built in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're they're right. All distributed by Paramount, or they were. Well, the most distroed by Paramount. Yes. Yeah. It's the yeah because now they're Disney, but like whatever. It's a fucked up situation. Yay! I did love in this movie how the movie opens and closes with the original Paramount logo in Sepia. Very nice. <laughs> Very pretty. Yes. Um, okay, but yeah, Nellie's shown to have an institutionalized mother, eggs on her drunken father, and an inept business manager, Robert, to publicly fight a rattlesnake during a party. He passes out. Nellie fights the snake, which bites her neck. Fake kills it and sucks out the venom. Nellie passionately kisses her. Um, Wait, skipped Dad, over a lot there. Are, but... are you so yeah. promotionally you're telling me you don't like those bits where the studio changes the thing for the movie? What bit? What you know, like what it when the sepia tone thing. You don't like when they do like a different version of the studio logo? I don't know. I mean, I always I'm always interested in how they update the logos, but like honestly, the movie specific ones I mean, like cuz this is yeah, it's just an original, I suppose. I don't know if they changed it at all. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's always it, it's cute, but at this point it's been overdone. <laughs> yeah, that's, like that's I mean, fair. Marvel they do Marvel, it too much now. Yeah, like, uh, like Marvel is, is the big one to like, point to. Like after the start of Captain Marvel, I'm kind of over changing the logo because as much as I love all the shout outs to Stan Lee in that opening, like I'm I was kind of over it by that point. Well, so, Marvel take the yeah. piss though. They their yeah. fucking thing is so long. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, but yeah i mean it's just like yeah but this whole situation like like i don't know why we need to see that nelly's mother is institutionalized they never go back to it and like like her father is like he's significant for like to the middle of the film and then disappears to submit home that like she's part narcissist and part quote-unquote crazy i.e you know like right but that doesn't that also does doesn't mean that you're going to your child is going to end up like that. Yeah, I mean like, there is a whole. But that's like, why she dies. She's just born dies. this way. Like, yeah, I mean, it I mean, wasn't is... the drugs or anything. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, it's like she no has to have a crazy there. mother. She can't just be crazy on her own. So yeah, it's like no, it, it's because of her yeah. mother and her father that that she ends up how she ends up, and uh that the, there are some weird story no, points. No, we don't. That doesn't. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. Like, I, especially because they don't really do it. I mean, it's interesting because, like, like I feel like the parallel that should be drawn here is that she tries to maintain a relationship with her family, and they kind of suck, and it's really kind of draining on her. The film doesn't do this, where which yeah. it would contrast Manny, who completely avoids his family, um, which they have dialogue that points that out. Well, I think she avoids them Uh-oh. without. Oh, we, we lost to Dan done. for a minute. Well, uh, uh, I don't know. I thought uh, I kind of got like, I don't know. I'm lost. I had a thing to say, but then I can't have the person to reply back to. <laughs> well, I think that it was Broke interesting my what he was trying to say. Um, uh, I mean, we could just wait for him to come back. I will say uh, one of the things I really dug about this movie, even though it has like 
almost a singular theme done in multiple ways is the scoring in it. Like, it's got some good scoring in it. And, like, the wild scenes of, you know, fucking orchestras in the desert playing to fucking <laughs> built set corners so they yeah. get natural light. Like, and I'm usually very opposed to. I thought they did a really good job on the um, kind of modern sounding dance music cross stuff, you know, what not really, where it was like, yeah, you probably wouldn't be listening to stuff like that, but like they made it believable enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good. Yeah, it's really good uh, music as well. I enjoyed a lot of it. Um, who did the score on it? Justin Hurwitz. So he does all the Chazelle stuff. Actually, uh, the ending reminded me of like, he did it. The ending for Whiplash is kind of feels like it's trying to do the same thing where it's like, oh, swirling buildup of emotion. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like, there's something about if you don't do that right, if you don't hit that right, it's like, wow, feels real bad. <laughs> you know, like, because I remember after finishing Whiplash and like whatever about how I felt feel about that movie after, I still really like it. But at the time I was like, bam you know like really blew me away because it had that kind of incredible finish where it was like everything coalescing in this you know fabulous way but this movie tries that and just kind of blows it into- totally and i could see that that like enough to like kill its chances of being like something people would recommend you know yeah. no I, I've, I've never seen whiplash and i've never seen la la land either but uh what that like end build up before you know the the like super cut at the end uh remind me of was more like 2001 but yeah i think that's the originator of this less kind of well thing. executed <laughs> yeah i mean people um, talk shit on that as well I don't know. But it's, it's like what the hell is a baby i watch that and i'm sure i'd like <laughs> dislike it even more now as an adult Honestly, like, uh, uh, we're still waiting on Dan, guys, but quick, like, Kubrick chat. Kubrick is a director that I want to like, and I, I enjoy some of his stuff, but he's not a director I'd like to emulate if I wanted to be a director. If I wanted to be a director. I mean, uh, I love some of his stuff a lot. I'm still try- I still need to see Barry Lyndon and a couple others, but like Doctor Strange was one of my favorite movies. Some of his stuff I don't feel as passionately about, I guess. But uh you know, yeah, well too the too many people do imitate him, you know. So I would recommend that I would say that that's a good feeling to follow. Oh, I, you know, I just, like I just don't want to be like the asshole he was on set. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, there's a lot torture. bigger dicks than him too, though. Yeah, you know? like it's just uh, he's such a uh, mythical figure that we know all the bad shit about him. You know, like there's a many many people who don't get the same shit talked about him who were just as bad, you know, or worse. Oh no, that there are many people that I talk shit about that are worse that I don't. Um, watch but yeah, he stuff. did kind like, of suck for I, sure. I was just talking that about old... like fucking, oh fucking polanski and allen the other day about how they're both just sort of like we're gonna retire nobody likes us anymore and it's like well yeah because your pieces of shit <laughs> i don't need your art anymore just like victor salva mm. yeah yeah well america agrees <laughs> yeah like fuck pity 
pedophiles. Pedophile? Well, don't fuck pedophiles. Um, well, yeah. But, you know. Don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I got cut off. But basically, I was just saying that, you know, it's interesting that they kind of bring up uh, Nellie and Manny's families in ways that aren't kind of fully explored. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, honestly, I feel like especially with hers, it's like, especially with her mom, it's like, look, if you're not going to go anywhere with this, just don't show me. I don't yeah. I, like it's not necessary like you could have cut that out that would have yeah. saved you several minutes of runtime which i would have probably been very grateful for had i seen this in a in a theater like yeah, yeah. i think yeah it, it, i i actually agree you could completely cut that whole sequence i think the dad one is good because it's very i just clear, wish it went like, somewhere i feel like like he passes know, out he passes out in the snake fight and we never see him again like but I, it's no not like yeah his purpose is is done the purpose of him is just to show that like she, I, I just she feel can like... have an actual relationship with him but she she's like gonna bring him along for the ride or whatever but they're never gonna be like she you know she doesn't respect him she doesn't give a shit about him really like um i don't you know. know i mean i i feel like there's a missed opportunity to have um probably when they're trying to attempting to rehabilitate her ish, her image to have manny kind of push him out as manager like i feel like that Would've scene worked. should exist yeah um because it's just like you're a disaster and you're making this look bad like there's a reference to like the restaurant failing but i feel like actually there should be a reference to the fact that he's died um because you don't go back to him as a character so like you know like the restaurant fell apart after my dad died or something instead of under just... mysterious circumstances <laughs> I mean, tied to, to invest rattlesnake bit from in Atlantic balls. City. I mean, in I I don't know. I mean, I think that at you know, especially if you're gonna play up the notion that she has a history good. of of mental illness, you can you know, she also has the drug use and like like her dad is is played up as at least a drunk. You can you can have him OD, um, you know, off screen because they love killing people off screen. So you know, but I feel like that'd be consistent. That they is do one love of my killing complaints. people. Yeah. Uh, well, like that's sort of one of my complaints. Is, everyone like, gets there fucking are number, in Well, this movie. I, I guess you're right. Like going back to it, like everybody who matters dies off screen. Yes. Well, everyone who doesn't die is a joke. Dies off screen because um because I I think the count matters, but he's but his death is kind of a joke. So no, um, he dies on screen. Yes, he like, dies we, on screen, and his death is kind shot. of a joke. Yes. But his death is kind of a joke. That's the point. Yeah. It's like, like, yeah. like if they die on screen, it's a joke. If they die off screen, we're supposed to be somewhat sad that they died. So, like, it's essentially him trying to recreate that scene from uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, it's just the guy kind of just sprays and hits two people instead of completely missing uh, John Travolta and Samuel Jackson. But um, yeah. Um, all right. So by 1932, so six years since the start of this film, Jack begins to sense that his popularity has waned. Um, he actually has seen people laugh at him on screen um, in a reference to uh, Sing in the Rain, which is a reference to an actual film. <laughs> I love Singing you. in the Rain I is also you. just a grab bag of other movies, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, it mostly is. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Is like, like I, 
vaguely was aware but this film really highlights the fact that the you know the title musical number is a song from the 20s um yeah so yeah because it's just a mix of a bunch of standards from the time basically right right mostly and then i don't know singing in the rain is just like i I rewatched like I, i was always like i you know, I think you were complaining about the ending of this film, but it's just like, well, this film's a knockoff of Singing in the Rain, which also has a bloated, it, like self-indulgent, totally pretentious, unneeded ending scene. I mean, like the Broadway melodies. Oh, the Broadway doesn't melodies. It, doesn't it bring it sucks. back after that, though? No, it does. It just, and that has, yeah, it doesn't just end with it. That. Doesn't it doesn't just end there. It's just, it's just, in it's the a, it's just a long ass 12 minute musical number that's completely like. yeah it's you know it's it's the lead character acting so it's like not even him like he's telling the story of his own life but like it's just like it's it's not the same connection that we've had to him and it goes on and on and on um like but whatever uh but yeah, by 1932, Jack begins to sense that his popularity has waned, but still works in low-budget Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer films. Just say MGM. <laughs> As Hollywood becomes less libertine, executives tell Manny to fire Faye, a kinescope title writer, because of her... Well, we also... We know Faye. She's also the cabaret singer. She's the same yeah. character. <laughs> um, uh, because of her perceived lesbian affair with Nellie. Well, uh, it's not that's one of the things that I wish they'd played up more because it's not quite yeah, perceived. Yeah, it really wasn't I think it seems clear. like it's an actual, like, relationship. Yeah, uh, it does, but, like, they really don't... Yeah, I wish they'd done more with it. Yeah. Um, uh, well, practicing lines with new wife Estelle. Oh, hey, this is the first time that they've mentioned that Jack, I think, is married three times in this film and yes. has four... and has a fourth fiancé at the end. Um... Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of like a running theme of how he can't like stay in a marriage, largely because he's good at like wooing women, but actually being in a relationship with, with them, he's terrible at. So yeah. Uh Jack is devastated to learn his longtime friend producer George Munn has committed suicide. Sydney has secured his own musical film and orchestra. <laughs> yep, totally tacked on because that's kind of how that plot yep. goes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh no, we don't have enough people of color. Shoot, let's just let's just show shove this this stuff in with the black guy. There you go. Yep, yep. I mean, also, is know. George Munn our death number four? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, but off screen, so it's serious. Yes, off screen yeah. because we're supposed to be like, oh man, I like that guy who got stuck in the toilet and seemed to cry about out women constantly not accepting his advances despite him what being way too forward. What the hell do I know Lucas Haas from? Because I know I know him from something. You definitely know him from something. Uh, like something bad, most likely. Like I'm thinking early 90s. I mean, he's in Mars Attacks. Oh, yeah. Is he the teenager in Mars Attacks? Who... I think he might be. No, he's yeah, too he old. Is. No, oh, he is? He's, no, he, he's the guy with the grandma. Yeah, he'd be 20 at that point, yeah. He's great in that. Yeah, it's kind of like my favorite part of Mars Attacks, honestly. Uh, Mars Attacks is such a fucking mess. We'll watch it at some point. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fun mess. 
uh, most not okay, as fun. As I this. remember it being a fun mess. Okay, I die. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. Yeah, it yeah. You're just I, gonna I, see I don't Pierce know. Brosnan with his body sewn onto a dog and remember why you hate the film again. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's better than Pierce oh, Brosnan God, with I... a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> oh. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I guess they'll probably talk more about the Sydney sub stuff subplot. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like. Well, Faye, they kind of fold into the film in some weird ways. Like, like Sydney has like one exchange with Manny, and then he's just kind of in the background in scenes, like talking to other people at parties that they're attending. Um, like you know, and complaining about how his other guy is like the other guy in his band is like flat, like you know, for like the first like hour of the film, like he pops up and has like the same exchange with one of his band mates like twice and like hey remember this guy he's gonna be important later we swear and then it's like oh yeah i mean i guess he's in some scenes later yeah now, now <laughs> we're like 90 minutes in and oh cool you're yeah. actually giving him a story yeah but it's not really that connected to anybody else's or important to their story in any yeah, way i mean it's just an excuse so damien chazelle can use his favorite shot of just zooming in on holes because he loves zooming in on that trumpet hole or the elephant's butthole or cameras or oh other God. stuff. Yeah. Well, it's all for the, the big blackface scene, you know? I mean, yeah, no, uh, I mean, basically that that's what he wanted. Yep. That's, that's really what he wanted. Uh, that's always like, ha ha, I can of... get away with blackface because it's a black guy. Did hey, you see that? Well, this guy. is a real I've... thing. I mean, no, like, it wasn't I know. real. It's just, it's it's just still... awkward when it's just like a white dude wrote this. Like, yeah. 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 Like that's where it gets like really awkward. Is he from South Africa? Oh shit. Everyone froze on me again. It was high society, but at a party with William Randolph Hearst and Marion Davies, Nellie lashes out against upper class snobbery, vomiting on Hearst. Uh, Jack Fon- no, no. Not- so funny. Yeah. Not just vomiting on him, projectile, projectile. vomiting in his face. Yeah, yep. well, I love, I love that you threw up on my rug, and then she proceeds to vomit on him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, um, I don't know the, about the feelings of everybody else, but I will proudly declare that we are an anti Hearst family on this podcast <laughs> because fuck you, William Randolph Hearst. You've yeah, been dead everyone... for years, but still, fuck you. You ruined American society until now uh everyone is appropriately uh a prick in this and and we can all feel and enjoy vicariously her triumphant screaming and vomiting <laughs> on everyone i think yeah like, i mean yeah, like, like, everyone like does come off as like these people suck um i mean i wish that they kind of like caddyshack or something it feels like it really feels like Ugh. it's out of an 80s yeah. or 90s movie it's like oh the tops it's like Rod- she's like rodney dangerfield you know yeah, like, I mean, it's uh, just int- like I wish that they had kind of played up the the conversations with Sydney during this party a little bit more because it's like he's clearly uncomfortable, but he doesn't get yeah. to have the like catharsis moment that she does of just like fuck all you people, um, and that's kind of what's just disappointing about Sydney. Well, that's because he would probably be executed. Yeah, no, I know, but like, like at least it, like. I, you know, I mean, I mentioned it earlier of like he uses that scene as a as a means to escape, but like we don't even see that. I mean, like that's the thing is it's just like oh, there's a scene. I want to get out of here. I'm leaving. 
you know, and then they're not going to even notice that I left. Like, I feel like that's a moment that should be in this and isn't. Um, well, to me, it's starting to feel very contrived at this point because of them all being at this what? party. And this it movie feels contrived? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm shocked. Shocked to find gambling in this establishment. You're winning, sir. Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, and Casablanca, totally a film that should be in that closing montage. Um, Why isn't that? Because, like, that is a movie that is referenced <laughs> in this movie, and there is no shot of it in that closing montage. Yep. Sorry, Fuck we're not you, quite that's there why. yet. Yeah, yep. essentially. Hey, they wanted to include Tron. They think Tron's more important than Casablanca, TJ. You should agree with them. <laughs> yeah, they had to make the choice between one or the other. Dear audience, like we always have to, you you cannot view the daggers I stare at Dan as much as I love <laughs> Tron. Yep, TJ thinks Tron is one of the greatest films of all time. Well, why are you blowing up my spot, man? <laughs> Fuck you! I'm gonna do like I'm gonna do a me personal pick again. Like like, yep. don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> I know and we're gonna watch Tron eventually. I'm gonna hate it. So. <laughs> Me be me, just like talking about Tron while watching Tron for ninety minutes, and that's the way I'll do that one. <laughs> Screw you guys! I'm gonna watch Tron. <laughs> Jack finds Eleanor's cover story about his declining popularity and confronts her uh, after trying, like after trying to get in touch with uh, Irv Thalberg, um, the head of MGM. Like he'll uh, be back a... at one. He'll be back at four. Yep. I'm gonna come over. Another terrible use of title cards. Like, yep. there's a better way of doing that. Um, Probably shouldn't have returned to the well on that, right? Yep. yep. That one uh, felt way more forced. Yep. Um, she explains that although his star has faded, he will be immortalized on film. This feels like author self-insertion of like, look how important I'm going to be because I'm a famous director. Like so many of these like monologues are just like uh, this is like how Chazelle feels about his own fame, and it's like fuck you, you're so full of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> as much as I agree with you on that, I I do get like the idea of narcissistic beauty of yeah. I am immortal by existing yeah. through film. Yeah, and like that's sort of that's sort of where this movie goes, and that's sort of my problem with like technological advancement being <laughs> the like final montage thing, instead yeah. of like you know directorial or writing or like whatever. Well, the, instead the of Gene, just, like, just the Jane Smart monologue would have been a perfectly, you know, to to try and uh, rejigger it so that that's at the uh at the end you know when she's talking to brad pitt like i thought that was quite i thought that got across a much more interesting thing maybe you know yeah more, i mean in uh, the, like it's not it's not the worst thing I've. it's not like the fucking a, awful like critics are terrible uh monologue from uh from birdman that was like if you dare give ugh. this movie a bad review oh like i you're just a hack like it's just like oh fuck no you. birdman yeah, birdman, sucks. birdman is overrated shit. john birdman um, sucks but uh but this is like I think Gre she Gremlins two still the new sucks. badge <laughs> rules. Um, oh yeah, like, no, yep. that's totally Hollier or Hollandais if we can. We all know, like we've all heard it a million times, but I, I, I think like 
by Gene Smart being a great actor and the writing being so good, like, um, you know, it made me think about that. Like, it is true. I watch people from who are long, 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 long dead, you know, I think it's the a only, little they're the only people that you see from that time i like i don't I, think the writing's that good i think it's okay i don't think like i'm saying this is not worse original than it is, is, no it's not it's original so i think, I think that, well, no, I it's think that, true well, i mean because i think smart's a good actress i think that she delivers yeah. it better than it's written um, oh yes but i uh, you know of ultimately course, yeah. it's, it's one of those things of like i do kind of wish that we had revisited smart at the end of the film instead of the headline revealing that she's dead. Yeah. Um, Everyone's like I, dead. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Everyone died. Except <laughs> for Manny. Except for Manny. Manny's still alive. And then uh, he goes to go see Singing in the Rain, which is the fictionalized story. Uh, sorry, we should probably get into like the Faye last, and Sydney uh, are still alive too. But um, yeah, uh, rest of this paragraph. Sydney is offended when studio executives convince Manny to request he don blackface for Southern audiences. Pod completion, Sydney leaves Kinescope. Jack, Jack encounters Faye at a hotel party. She reveals her departure for Europe and Pathé. Afterwards, in his hotel room, a despondent Jack fatally shoots himself. Where did he get the gun? He didn't stop a drug deal with Chris R. Hmm. Hilarious oh, reference, yeah. Dan. Because uh, honestly, there are so many, there are some really <laughs> weird parallels to the room in this movie. Like, you know, let's introduce this character. Oh, we never see them again. Like, yep. who no, the fuck? Is... Who are you? Yep. No, this, this, like, I honestly, I haven't had this much fun watching a movie since the room came out. Like, this is like, like, you know, because it's it'll... trash art. <laughs> it's kind of trash art and it's, glorious in terms of just like what were you thinking with like so much of this is who greenlist this budget like the that, budget that's for a great the, fucking question <laughs> the budget for the party and the like i made the like i it's really like the first the budget for the first hour of this film makes no sense and i don't know who was watching this that thought this was a good idea um because it's just like extremely expensive and like you're just like it doesn't have much to do with the story. It's just expensive for the sake of being expensive. <laughs> but like, the movie has yeah. not, it doesn't really have much else going for it other than the spectacle parts to me, because the rest of it is just very bog standard old Hollywood story for the most part. I mean, but that's the whole thing is like, I, if if you made this movie for $20 million and it made a $60 million box office, that's a success. Yeah, so, yeah, no, like... it was. I, I agree that it was an insane move, but I like insane moves because I'm not a fucking executive. Like everyone, like wants seems to think in that brain now, and I'm like, I love when they waste all sorts of money to show me cool shit I want to see, you know? Or didn't if, know I yeah, but that's the whole thing. If I had unlimited money, this, this is a movie I would make. Yeah, well, like, it's a tough with sell. Unlimited money, After, like post COVID. Uh, longer than three hours like you know it was yeah, yeah i 100% agree like that anyone who thought this was gonna make money was fucking insane like, <laughs> absolutely but it doesn't stop like i mean thinking it was a fun way to spend that much I, yeah i mean it, I'm, I'm happy to have seen them do it but i'm glad but you know my money I've, wasn't on the line you know? yeah i've yes. seen way like more money spent on way dumber shit you know like that is has yeah. no value at all like see like my transformers <laughs> four five six seven whatever oh, oh well i mean it's it's really interesting what's going to be the take I'm, I'm very curious to see what the takeaway from this 
you know this year's box office ends up being because like ultimately we're at a point which i think this year you can make the argument for there were seven hits um and like everything failed <laughs> like everything else like underperformed or outright failed um but when you like... have to double budgets for covid right and i'm not like anti-covid testing here folks like yeah i i'm i'm very pro covid testing <laughs> i am pro vaccine like th this is not a like oh they're spending all this money on this thing no they should be spending this much money on this thing but the general budgets of many movies that could be like eight to twelve million dollars are being bloated to like thirty, and then you well, add those on... movies don't exist anymore. I mean, basically, it's it's a movie is is independently financed and like maybe has a budget of a couple million or it's budgeted at, at like two hundred, three hundred million. Like, there's no <sighs> mid budget movie anymore um diversify folks we like original ideas here yeah it's it but you know i mean ultimately it's like what i think it's uh it's barbie oppenheimer super mario john wick 4 guardians of the galaxy 3 um shit sound of freedom and there's another sequel in there that's that actually did okay and everything mostly else good wrong. movies but it's all fucking ip stuff but that's no surprise. Well, I mean, actually, I mean, that's freedom. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oppenheimer how is many, IP. How yeah. many people actually went and yeah. saw Sound of Freedom? Like, uh, that's my big question. No, I mean, yeah, that how is the thing. How many people actually saw it as opposed yeah. to, like, the, the, their whole Their whole pay-it-forward bullshit has inflated the box office significantly, um, which is it's kind of an interesting accounting scam that um, technically it's legal, so it's fine. But, like, yeah, there, there are... There are a ton of tickets sold that people didn't actually use, <laughs> um, but whatever. Um, damn, I wish I could remember what the other fucking stupid movie is that did well. Um, but whatever. Uh, oh, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, that was uh, the other one. Um, yeah. yeah, where are we in this? Uh, to see it. Yeah, eccentric gangster James McKay, played by Tobey Maguire, threatens Nellie's life over her massive gambling debts. Manny initially rejects her pleas for help, but later secures funds from the movie's oh. he's set drug pusher, aspiring actor, The Count, and visits James oh, to pay... Oh, oh, also, also, real fast, real fast. James McKay, Tobey fucking Maguire. Like, yeah. like, OG live action... Well, not OG live action... Raimi live action Spider-Man Tobey yeah. Maguire. Well, I mean, it's also interesting because like he so rarely acts these days. Um, but like I guess he was like one of the producers of the movie, and they mm -hmm. like I feel like this part was like written for someone else, and then like Tobey Maguire was uh, like, Fuck DiCaprio. it, I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, that makes he's, sense. He's in a lot of historical movies if you look at his catalog. So I think it's also he just, you know, he he fits in and people are go, yeah, that'll fit, you know. Like even if this is a weird character for him, I think he totally like Oh, he so pulls it kills off. It. Yeah, I, I I love like he's so gross and I love him. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I always felt like kind of like he's been I don't know. He does stuff, but yeah. Nah, I mean, there's kind of a pretty big gap between on sacrifice. I think he does and... a lot of theater. Is what... is he doing theater? Well, I mean, I I, I thought he got yeah, he kind of a bad a of reputation for his uh 
you know, the the player X from Molly's game is very much based on Toby Maguire. Um, right. And like, I think I, I always got the impression that he just like, A, would rather play poker and made a lot of enemies playing poker. <laughs> um, so like uh, that kind of happened. I mean, and he has, you know, so much Spider-Man money, he can kind of do whatever he wants. But um anyway uh, uh i need to see molly's game actually <laughs> good um yeah. like there's a lot here that i feel like should have been like peppered throughout the film and set up a little bit better like the count is present throughout the film which is cool but like i, I think feel he's like funny there I should mean, be he's... more references to like prop money and like the hollywood underground existing um like because the sex dungeon just totally like just comes out of nowhere Really? I, I love also, when he comes yeah, to his place after and he has headshots on his table yeah. and he's in this, the same like ridiculous cape costume. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the count. I thought he was a pretty good like drug guy character. <laughs> uh, it worked for me. Also, yeah, yeah I, I, I love the idea of like, oh yeah, let's put a sex dungeon in LA where there's lots of earthquakes and no one has basements for a reason. <laughs> But it's carved into limestone. It will be fine. Doesn't look safe. Like I don't think safety is really a concern in that particular venue. Between between I might die in a sex accident slash I might get some incurable like exotic STD versus (laughs) like I'm going to get crushed inside of a sex dungeon with like hundreds of other like depraved people. Hey, because I mean, this is because, because an earth, well, an, a very predictable earthquake happened. But you watch stuff about stuff like this. You know this is real, that people do, back in this era, did really stupid shit like this all the time and got killed in large Well, I mean, it's also the it's 30s. Like, oh, we didn't like, realize yeah, the that very STD obvious thing was very different. That <laughs> but it would also be much more embarrassing if it if it wasn't just like, you know, your average like rich person hangout. It was also a depraved sex dungeon. Mm. I mean, I also think it's interesting to contrast this with the party at the opening because it's just like the party is like clearly vaguely illegal and everyone just doesn't give a shit. Um, and this with, is with just a cop like, and his family yeah. showing up. Yeah, I think calling it a party is generous, honestly. It's like when you're when your top level like welcoming committee is a fight club. That's the first layer. Well, like, no, I'm just you know saying that, that it's real. just like, like, like we we've seen. I'm just saying the the party at the beginning versus the sex dungeon at the end. Like yeah, like they're like they're theoretically being attended by the same group of totally depraved people so there should be some sort of greater like connection between them at the no. same time i'm like I, it is a six-year gap and you have the depression in between that but like i don't I, think so i, I think like that it, that there's a stark contrast between them for the reason that it's like this is how rich people rich people and poor people they're doing this kind of same sick shit it's just like but here's 
how the criminals well, do it and I here's mean, how the, because think about all the people who would you know like some of the stuff that's going on in the initial party probably would not be okay in the terrifying horror dungeon you know I don't know. Um, I mean, it's I think too gay both, or, both of them seem both of them seem pretty okay with water sports, but again, that's uh, yeah. water that's, sports that's are given just, in all both. It's David Chazelle's attitude. So I, I, I mean, I feel like like there's some overlap that I feel like the film could hint at in a greater way. Um, because I mean, you like the count, like you know, the whole reason why the count sets up this meeting is because there's some overlap between and his supplier and uh, McKay's drug supplier, but like, that's kind of a very loose connection um, that, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's weird to introduce Toby McGuire's character so late in this film and him to it be is. so bizarre and so I, different I, from characters we've seen in this film before. So. I, mean, I, I I fucking love that about him, but like, I, I don't hope know. That There's I a wasn't... lot of heightened characters in this movie. Like, everyone is kind of at 11, you know? Like, yeah. it didn't really, it didn't feel that out of place, like, to have yeah, creepy Toby McGuire. Yeah, but he's at, like, 400. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he is at, like, like 400. Like, yeah. I hope that I wasn't the only one who got, like, the reference to, like, Todd Browing's freaks mm. in, like, Floor 4. Uh, cause like there, there was the, uh, yep. the fucking conjoined twins who were Getting men blown. instead of women who were fucking, uh, that there was legless woman. There was a small man. I mean, even in the opening scene though, that there was the like little person who mm. had the, uh, like war style, oh. like, yeah. the, cog, the, the, like the giant pogo, cog. The pogo yeah. stick dick yeah. oh my god uh <laughs> i called it uh i want that for like uh some someday future bachelorette party yeah that seems I, like I, a, a big bachelorette party thing yes <laughs> that would be wicked funny i don't want a stripper i want a i, I want a, a little person with a dick pogo stick i mean <laughs> you can probably hire someone who will do that so. i'm sure i can <laughs> um let's see uh where are we? Uh, James invites the men to a subterranean gathering space for animal-abusing debauched parties, raving about potential film ideas. <laughs> um, when James realizes the cash is counterfeit, he attempts to kill them, but they narrowly escape, killing James's henchman, Wilson, which I believe is the fifth death. Wilson. I think it's the fifth death. Wilson! And, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is... Oh, also Ethan Soupley. Yeah. Mm. It's hell. not a schooner. It's a sailboat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's been he's been he's been playing that fucking hard uh, henchman now for in a few things, and gee, he is scary as fuck now that he's like, oh yeah, uh, all uh, muscle. Well, I'm always, I'm always disappointed that his career isn't bigger than it is because like he's actually a pretty decent actor. It's just he has like such a distinct look to him. It's very hard to find the proper parts. <laughs> Uh, like Scientologist still? Batista. Oh, is he a Scientologist? Oh, is he still a Scientologist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that answers a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, Manny asks Nelly to flee with him to Mexico, marry, and start a new life. She resists, but eventually agrees. James associate attracts Manny down, killing the Count and his roommate. I love his roommate. It's such a random character. <laughs> um, but sparing Manny's life if Manny leaves Los Angeles. Nelly reneges on her decision. Uh, doesn't really renege so much as flakily dance away, but uh, dances into the night. 
A montage of newspaper clippings reveals Eleanor's death at age 76 and Nellie's death from a drug overdose at 34. It doesn't you have to actually read the article, which you don't have enough time to read to actually learn it's an overdose. But I guess yeah. technically it is an overdose. Um, was, I, I didn't read it and I had guessed that based on, yeah. you know, context. Yeah, context suggests it. But yeah, I mean, if you pause it, you can read the article and it does imply overdose. Um, in 1952, May returns to California with his wife, Sylvia, and young daughter, having fled to New York City and established a radio shop. He shows them the Kinescope Studios entrance, but visits a nearby cinema alone to see Singing in the Rain and Future Vision Montage, whose depiction of the industry's transition from silence to talkies moves him to tears, as well as the future technology. Century-spanning series of vignettes from films follows as the focus returns to Singing in the Rain. Manny tearfully smiles. And then kills himself because he learns that one day Tron will exist. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it. just kidding well, that was not actually in the ending of the movie but it very well could have been he's like well, i'm gonna folks. put all my money into he spent the next 20 years developing tron which was a huge <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's always one of the things that i always think is so funny about like certain films like people pretend are like really beloved great films and like Tron is one of them. Blade Runner's another, and oh, it's just yeah. like, like I these agree are with films, Blade Runner, but like these are films that's like, look at their box office. People didn't really care about these films. I know that there are there are people who passionately love these films, but the box office isn't there <laughs> to justify your legacy sequel that also no one saw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they both kind of rule. I well, the second one rules, and the first one is pretty good. Yeah, I don't first love it, but... fucking. All right, folks, it's going to be a November episode because we've already planned October. Nope. <laughs> oh, God. No, nope. it's going to be our November double nope. feature. No. Nope. Yep. So we can talk Why? about What's wrong with Blade Runner. <laughs> oh, no. You mean Tron? Oh, yeah, I mean Tron. Tron. Oh. Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. I'm but... down. <laughs> Blade Runner. I don't really need to see again. Um, I've like, not it's... seen the second one. They're overrated. Like they're, I know, I'm yeah. sure it is. I've just yeah. I, I they're feel good. Like... They're just not like the best movie of all time. Oh, I What's know. What's an underrated I, movie yeah. to you, Tom? An underrated movie? Um, yeah. I mean, the room. <laughs> the room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I I think that like there are some movies that I'm trying to like I. I uh, I'll I'll be able to come back to you after this episode report. <laughs> sure, so, sure. You know, yeah. you know. I, I'm going to start this off because we're at the end of the the summary, thing, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? I I hate to say this because I really kind of love this movie, but it's one of those movies like Lamb that I I just don't know who I can actually recommend it to. So I don't know if I can actually say see it. As much as I, especially watching this a second time, I, I fucking love this movie. This movie is absolute trash art. And I it's such a train wreck. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. It is no, a I very feel fun train wreck. Yeah. But I, I don't know who to recommend this movie to. There's lots of people. It's just I, not a mainstream thing. Yeah, you know? there, there, TJ. There are lots of people with brain damage. There are lots. Of <laughs> people, <laughs> there are lots of people who have done way, way too many drugs. Like oh, there I, mean, are, I thought there I thought people. you were just hitting me close to home with brain damage. 
but yeah, I don't know. I mean, does, the, does this movie sync up to uh, Dark Side of the Moon? <laughs> Speaking of brain <laughs> no, no, instead it syncs up to Hotel California. <laughs> oh, like, even weirdly better. enough. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, what, the Eagles' greatest hits? One of their studio albums is their greatest hits album. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Porg. We're, we're yeah. like way too American with that. Um, but I'm the interloper. Do your thing. Welcome to the Hotel California. I know the Eagles. The Eagles are oh. internationally known band. Okay, oh, they're sorry. pretty big. <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you don't think they play Hotel California on the radio all the fucking time over oh, there? Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm I sorry. like the Gypsy Kings version a lot more. That's my jam. <laughs> it's like the kind of sassy, fast flamenco I mean, version. I don't know. I, I always, yeah. The Eagles are a band that's vaguely interesting in terms of i feel like they lend themselves really well to cover bands um whereas mm. meanwhile like you know covering pink floyd songs bah, is usually bah, considered bah. a travesty even though like i really think um their vocals are never very good so like i would think yeah. get a better vocalist you could have some really interesting stuff going on um i don't but... think it's the vocals that most people would have a problem with with pink oh floyd, no i though. mean most mostly it's just like people want um primarily Gilmore's guitar, but um, yeah. yeah, that's ethereal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yes, um, my verdict. Uh fucking I love this more movie way more than I thought I'd love this movie. And I want to say it's a script, but it's gotta be a see it for me. Like oh, okay. it, it's it's such fucking trash art, and I love it. So yeah as much as i was dialing forward fucking screw it like it it's see it Good no man. one's gonna like it no yeah. one's gonna like it except <laughs> for the people in this show yeah uh fine all right let me go next so at <laughs> yep. least we can have a dissenting opinion here i mean uh, what's funny is i actually <laughs> feel like i i kind of want to hit some of the same points as tj in the sense that like it's not totally unenjoyable. Like it definitely has moments. I had fun watching it, but like as a smoker, you make me sit in a, first off, I'm going to be pissed that you made me sit in a theater for over three fucking hours. Fuck you. First Um, off. That's sort of my thing is I think it functioned better as a series. I would enjoy it more as a series. Yeah, but that's not what we got. You can't can't make it as a series. It's about movies. So you literally can't. You can I mean, make it yes, episodic. You can. Yeah, you, you can. can. You can make it episodic. I mean, the 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 fucking show Hollywood exists, dude. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway, so this is a movie that I also simultaneously have a lot of problems with. Like, I feel like you could have gotten the runtime reasonable if you had cut in certain places. Um, you could cut out I, entire subplots. Yes, <laughs> you could. You could definitely cut out entire subplots. Like this movie is bloated. It has. It tries to do too many things while not actually executing any of them super well. <laughs> like the the like there are so many times where like I, they start doing some decent character building and stuff, and then they pull me right out of it with some bonkers thing that reminds me I'm watching a fucking movie, and like honestly like i it's like it there it it's it's just 
too all over the place for me. Like it, there's not enough that I like about it to make it worth recommending to someone. It's a screw it for me. All right. Uh, I feel like Borg should go next because it's my personal pick. So yeah. I should all close right. it out. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's a it's a light see it for me. Um, you know, I can see all the problems it has. It's very messy. Uh, it's it's a big old mess, but I kind of like big old messes. It had my attention. I think it has. If you judge it solely on its like some of its set pieces, there are some of the best set pieces I've seen in a while. Like especially in regards to this kind of thing. Uh, but I do think it does like drop off a cliff a bit in the third act and when it when it's trying to when it's trying to be more uh mainstream and less weird that's when i like it less because it's like i don't think they're pulling it off very well Um, and that's sort of my thing is i i kind of love like that third act like madcap insanity like it's dark as fuck shit is horrible shit was horrible when we began this movie shit is horrible now (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean it's really just the epilogue that people but i just thought it's very lazy to be just like oh they all fucking die you know like he kills himself you know it's like it's it's like yeah i don't know it it feels like a cop-out to killing himself like it's sort of like you know george reeves like yeah it it works for me like i feel like it's like himself but you know its issue is it doesn't have any grand thing to say but like i think it's de- i think it's depictions <laughs> oh it of... thinks it has something to say but you're right oh yeah, it doesn't. No, it's yeah. Awful, yeah and that's that's yeah. where the laugh that's where the laughable part comes in especially yeah. in that that last sequence which is a mess but like i don't know i mean it, it, it's not it, i was interested you know i was intrigued i wanted to know more until it just kind of started falling apart but like it depends on who i'm talking to but I might say see it to some people and I'm gonna yeah. go with that because it brought me joy personally. I you know. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. So I mean I like you it. know. Uh, sorry, oh, Dan, Dan, I I've gotta like interject. Mm-hmm. I'm like a two point five. Like oh. the right person, I will say, like, see this. The the wrong person, it's definitely screw it. I I, I know <laughs> that we try to keep binary and like general populace, <laughs> screw this movie. <laughs> but yeah, general populace screw general this movie. populace like screw this movie how is this yeah. movie not an nc-17 i am but I am by that shocked. same token screw yeah. the general audience <laughs> yeah i don't, don't want to say screw the general audience like yeah. hi that, i'm that the general audience <laughs> yeah screw you <laughs> yeah, yeah um, hey, thanks gang. i love you <laughs> i love you too. wait until later yeah, I mean, in basically, it's wow. just like, like this is <laughs> like for me, it's just like this is kind of the most fun I've had watching a movie in like so long. Like this is like amazing and just sort of all the bonkers decisions it makes. Um, I really do think that this is quite like one of the things I love about the room is how horrendous the production design is in it like it is some of the worst production design you will ever see like it is like you know cabinets are empty like the floor plan doesn't make any sense um like there's a freaking chair in front of a tv for most of the movie it's like nothing in that movie makes sense from a uh production design standpoint and you know in babylon the production design is great um but the editing is terrible 
It's like one of yeah. the worst edited movies I think I've ever seen. Like they need to cut significant portions of the film. Like scenes don't flow properly. Um, and a lot of it is that they, you know, they insisted on oneers for a lot of these things that were super expensive. And like, basically it's just, they screwed themselves. Um, and it's, but like, I, I can appreciate all those bad decisions as like kind of hilarious and awesome. Um, you know, I absolutely love uh, Margot Robbie's performance. Um, I think she's really good in this, but that's maybe just because that's the type of person I seem to be attracted to, which is bad. Um, and like this whole oh, thing. Is... <laughs> yeah. Um... Likes manic pixie dream girls. <laughs> yeah. No, I but like you're not wrong, man. I definitely got like <laughs> Rachel vibes off of fucking. Yeah, Robbie we're not gonna say movie. certain things on on uh, uh, while recording about that, but like I I really like her performance, and honestly, it's just like like I think most of the performances are fairly solid. Um, like no one really strikes stands out as like actively bad it's more sort of like the script doesn't properly give them stuff to do um especially like like Faye and Sid. uh the german um, director oh i love him he's so spike over the top and ridiculous oh <laughs> like, that was spike jones yeah yeah Damn. no there's there, there's a lot of I like i felt like he was actively bad as an actor i mean what? i think there, I, I think he some was of brilliant the, i think some of the performances are hammy but like i i, I can appreciate <laughs> that what yeah I don't know. I mean, in, but it is all over the place in terms of tone, in terms of pacing. Um, and it's just like, who thought this was something that would appeal to mass audiences? <laughs> because it's just like, it's so inside baseball in like all the wrong ways. Um, but like, yeah, I, I really do enjoy it a lot. And like, yeah, well, I have a difficult time like finding someone I could like actively recommend this to like this appeals to me in so many ways that like it's a see it because like it is probably my favorite film to watch and like that's come out in like the last 15 years <laughs> like i have so much fun with it even though i kind of acknowledge it's making terrible decisions left and right <laughs> it's um, so bad but it makes such good noise i was having so with, much fun come up i mean i'd love to have this just elements. like on a ball like on a tv screen at a bar like just like like you know no sound and just like it's there and it's just like what the fuck is going on like what the fuck am i watching because like so much of this movie is like why the fuck did you think this was a good idea like no one wants to see an elephant shit on someone no one really wants to see someone throw up on someone um like i the whole like they do bit by the snake thing like there's i don't so know if you know but there's something scenes. about mary it was like one of the most successful movies of all time <laughs> you know people do like to see that like it's funny you know also, uh, it's funny. not uh, it's not as funny here and also like i mean it, it's it's, it, it's it also feels... a punching down punching up thing because i mean yeah. that's one of the problems like the elephant shitting on the guy that's a punching down moment whereas yeah. like the throwing up on the guy is a punching up moment so mm -hmm. um... william randolph fucking hearst I think <laughs> william I, randolph fucking hearst I, I think most of what this what this movie is saying is our director has a fetish for like getting covered in other people's bodily fluids yeah uh, it doesn't yeah. really matter what it is he's into it 
Yup. Probably. And I mean, it's also just interesting because like, like, I I don't know. We'll probably get into this in other films, but it's just like, usually I feel like I, a lot of nudity is gratuitous and this movie like has so uh, the nudity in this movie is very gratuitous and like i should hate that but it's just like no this is just so stupid that it's just like whatever <laughs> i'm very curious how this movie was not an nc-17 yeah because there is a lot of nudity and like maybe my yeah. eyes just go to like all genitals but that's you know yeah like there's a lot of nudity yeah i mean honestly i just need to figure out what the drinking game is for this i think it's just every like shot of holes and like anytime you see a nipple is probably going to be pretty solid one (laughs) winner winner is the one who survives alcohol poisoning yeah yeah but like yeah i mean this movie is definitely not for everyone um and it largely is just kind of an unsuccessful ripoff of other films that have covered the transition from silent films into talkies um like most of them are technically better made films than this like singing in the rain is definitely a better film than this um but like on a technical level but i enjoy this so much more um even though it's like three hours and why why is it three hours but again it's because the editing is that bad all right, yeah. So, what was our final verdict? It, I think we so ended up long. three to one. Three to one. Damn. Because yeah. men are dumb. I mean, I won't uh, disagree I was with like that. Right on the edge. <laughs> hey, you could have you could have gone the other way if you wanted to, but you chose to say see it, and we should end this episode before you change your mind. So, what else should we be plugging? <laughs> um, Boric, you watch movies, right? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, where, where can people find what you watch and your reviews? Uh, lurk. Rad. That's me. Uh, I dig it. It's it, it's it's like uh, it's like Fallout, right? It's like Fallout. Now mm-hmm. now Starfield. I wonder will there be any in that? Oh shit! There are fucking Marlers in Starfield already. <laughs> no, no, I doubt it. Well, yeah, I'm sure they can mod some. I don't know. I mean, you know, I love all the Starfield memes of just like I they they point out that the the putting a bucket on characters' heads effect essentially still works um, yeah, to steal stuff. Uh, all the same stupid shit from all the way back in Oblivion still works. You can just go under the ground and steal for by clipping into a wall and steal everyone's shit. It's, it's um, you, you They've been making put, the same game for 20 fucking years. You, you can wipe items off the surface into something that you own and then you own them. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. No. Basically, it's yeah. You put a bucket under things, and then you swipe them into the bucket, and then you take the bucket so where people aren't looking and pick them up, and then they're yours. <laughs> YouTube <Yeah>. algorithm <laughs> is giving me great, great little ten-second bug clips, like the classic one the other day of like this character really going, on, "How dare you show your face around here?" And then the character walks in with no face, just like a body. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> And uh, a lot of really, you know, the classic Bethesda nonsense. People flying into the sky while having a conversation with you or sinking <laughs> oh, into the Bethesda. ground. 
yeah. I, I, I mean, I, all the reviews before I started playing was like, oh, it's it's actually surprisingly bug free. And with the very first combat encounter, someone got stuck in a box. The enemy got stuck in a crate, and I had to go back five minutes to fucking go run yeah. through this no, whole I, long I, I, cutscene again. I was like, Bethesda, Bethesda never changes. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard that basically that it, it is kind of buggy, and that the main storyline is kind of meh. But once you kind of go off the rails on the story, it, you could have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> like, yeah, if you I mean, accept like, it for that, what it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, you know, when you're really exhausted, like Bethesda games, like it's a pretty low intensity option. You know, it's kind of just like, oh, I'll talk to some people and do it. Like, there's no like challenge or anything. And sometimes that's nice. Yeah. It's just like, I'll just go fly to a place and collect some shit or whatever. But it feels like No Man's Sky is probably the better game. Like, it does all of this stuff in a way more immersive way where you actually like go from place to place. Whereas in this, it's just like fast travel, fast travel, fast travel. Yeah. That's right. what I heard. But hey, Dan, you've got a fucking um, thing, right? Yeah, Dan? no, I have a webcomic. You can check out my webcomic at withfetus.com. Cool. Mm. Emily, we, we do another thing, right? Yeah, TJ and I have another podcast. It's called New England Beer Reviews. We talk about beer and it's just the two of us and it's cool and sometimes we've had guests but yeah whatever uh also you can uh i'm gonna plug it again you can check me out on the most recent bonus episode of well there's your problem it is an episode about legionella and it's funny as hell it's a lot of fun (laughs) you might be able to see me someday soon on necn Yeah, well, we'll yeah, we'll plug that once that happens. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've been um, Cedar Screw It. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, X, uh, the website formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> yeah, uh, the website formerly known as Twitter. You can give us money at patreon.com backslash SIOSI. If you want to see what I'm watching, as long as I remember to fucking check it in. So I keep on having a bad habit of re-watching movies and being like, huh, I've seen this before. I don't need to check it in. I should. Um, letterbox.com backslash S-I-O-S-I. It's the initial of our show. Uh, fucking who's got a final word? Debaucherous Bacchanal. <laughs> Debaucherous nice. Bacchanal. Yes. Nice. Uh, virtual high five. I just read from the thing. <laughs> this is so callbacks are so easy i don't know why people like them that's a good point next time bye bye, bye.